Welcome to the Flawed, Foolish and Fantastic Podcast. Welcome to the Flawed, Foolish, Fantastic Podcast. The podcast is a, a way of shedding light on individuals who are doing some great work, especially in the Punjabi Sikh community. Um, and we've broadened it to the Punjabi community because there's people who are not really in Sesaki but can bring something in for other people. Uh, and today I am delighted after pestering and pestering and pestering. I'm surprised you're not for a harassment warning against me. Okay. After pestering you since we've seen the film to bring you on to the podcast. We are flawed and foolish. Me and Monpreet are flawed and foolish. We are here to learn from you today. And after witnessing the Battle of 84 film, uh, Battle of Amritsar film, which we'll talk about later on, um, we, we, we needed to talk to you and we, we were really inspired and I know so many others that are inspired from it but I know that's not the only piece of work that goes on behind your back um, and I know that sits behind uh, other organisations and I know it also sits behind the NSYF which we'd want to talk about but the big thing I want to talk about as always is the individual I want to know more about you because what causes you to have that impact in society for the youth of today so if you're okay, Singh, I'll start with the questions if that's all right. Hi, The first one is usually the hardest because Nimrata kicks in and people don't want to talk about themselves, but who is Shamshir Singh? You know, I, when you sent the questions, I thought about that one a lot and that's that's the one I struggle with the most because yeah. it kind of goes against everything that we're taught as a Sikh, right? Exactly. Like, is the rogue, is the bamari, yeah. um, that egocentric existence is what we're taught in the West yeah. and that's the root of a lot of the problems, this individualistic, you know, life and like where where our community has been atomized, not only as a process of colonization, but here with capitalism, it's all the individual mira kar, mira sab yeah, exactly. And we've been taught from day one, like, you know, that jiho penda sab tera wahegru koi no na jane oh, mera. So, like, yeah, for me, it's like, um, I, can, I can talk about the feelings that I'm driven by, like yeah. from a young age and like, you know, I, I guess they came from the nurturing of the, the environment in the house, but I've always had this desire, like, you know, Sadi Shid and the Galhuni Chaidiya, um, Sadaraj Huna Chaida, Khalistan the Galhuni Chaidiya and like I guess I've kind of um nurtured those feelings and yeah. as the older I've gotten the harder it has become to kind of nurture it because yeah. then all of that societal conditioning kicks in that no you should think about the house you should think about the mira parwar mere bachche um, but then always trying to re-center on those feelings that you know seeing them as a gift that you know not everybody has that dard in their heart that you know yeah. and to have that like you know, it's kirpa, it's a blessing and to nurture that I think is is a duty and you know that's what we've always believed. If you have that pantik dard, that jazba, yeah. because you know the society is gonna try to destroy it. So trying to understand the self in relation to that yes. I think is um is the journey of a Sikh, you know, and obviously we know the the Angrages way I think therefore I am the complete egocentric existence. Well, that's, that's their philosophy, isn't it? Yeah. Because because I think I am Descartes' way of saying, I'm there, but Siki says, yene, 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 hoi, tiste pare soi. And the moment you hit that satahe soi, then you lose all individual oneness anyway. I think that's part of the, the, the struggle, right, that we, we're engaged in for yeah. our liberation, not just physically, like, to, to capture power, but also to reconfigure our vision of society. I think, for me, that goes to the core of the questions about Azadi, about Raj, like what type of Raj we're imagining. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in relation to that, I think, you know, Jinnakasi kaum di seva kar not in a false sense of nimrata, but in a very serious way, in a very deliberate way, 
um, just the way we would nurture our children um, and the way we see our children not as like you know they is haddeya par eh sade kar sikhi de bootte lagge ya and we have to nurture the sikhi in them that's the same way we have to nurture that sikhi within ourselves i guess yeah now that was like i said we had we we spoke some 36 years it was only about 3 weeks ago same question posted to them and he, he said exactly same is just like it's the hardest question cuz sikhi wise you know you know this this is a destructible form it's all false everything is there and nobody wants us so he did exact same he spoke about i'm here to do save i'm here to do this i'm here to do that and that's that's my opportunity can i start off by asking about your childhood and family back uh, family upbringing please yeah sure um How old are you first of all? Um, I'm like in my mid 30s now kind of lost track to be honest not really <laughs> interested um But yeah, I mean, I I grew up in Southall in yeah. Havelock Estate um which d- doesn't really kind of exist anymore. The whole area has been gentrified. Yeah, so it's all like posh swanky apartments, you yeah. know, now. Um so we were kind of forced out of there, but that's where I um I grew up. Um and you know, my my family, you know, my mom, my dad, they were joined with the Kantikit Nijata since they came and they took Amrit they, since they migrated here to the UK. Yeah. Um so one, that like environment was kind of my upbringing going to Ranswise like, you know, regular kirtan programs in like just the local sangat houses everyone would go around like every weekend or like every time any there was anything to kind of mark or celebrate it would be you know chalo kirtan kariye yeah. um so that was basically my upbringing um and then when i was quite young i think i was about 2 um that's when my dad went to prison um he was part of babar khalsa and then he went to prison here for like 7 years um and then i guess like kind of since he came out and then you know tried to reestablish the family because he was working as a at a train guard okay. um he had come from singapore okay. um and in singapore when the gore were there they took a lot of like you know so called indians to be the police force right because yes, they saw them as more civilizable than the kale who they saw as like you know you know janwar basically yeah. um so you see a lot of like migration of like you know punjabis and sikhs and that whole martial race comes into it right like in police and military all over british colony so my granddad was in the naval police in Singapore. Okay. And then I think the situation changed then then they had to go back to Punjab and then from there my dad came here and because he was born in Singapore he was educated in a military school so he spoke English. Yeah. So he came here so you know worked as a um uh, he worked as a janitor or um in like some factory or something because he tried to get a job in like there was in South was as the wool sausage factory yeah. as the Duroplex paint factory um or was another plastic the factory that's the factory that's that's it. It, wasn't that was all the jobs yeah. and and the foreman my dad told me like when he came here the foreman said you know cut your hair you get a job tomorrow yeah. and he was an amritari at that time he didn't really know much about sikhi but he knew like what his my granddad told him that sikhi is sneak out today um Sorry. No, no, take your time. It's cool. Chill one. I'm guessing you're not living in Southall anymore. Huh? You're not living in Southall. No, South we Hall live anymore. in Hayes now. Um, just on the border. But like, got, yeah. You got yourself out of Southall. That's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I mean, it's the only place I kind of ever felt at. <coughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, well, we were at Gurnansi College. So I was there as a 12-year-old, sure. right? 92. Yeah. So my mossy lived um Oh, where was it? It's just around the corner from the gurdwara you get the bridge that goes over she lived in that end so it's not far from havelock road that's basically where we lived in yeah. in havelock estate on wiley road but it's not wiley road anymore it's changed was, you know you get that little roundabout before mm. you go over the bridge mm-hmm. she lived off the roundabout just there tiga in so, in those gray kind of flats yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so one she of my lived friends lives there. there 
So for us, that was home. Yeah. We used to come there and look at the planes all the time. Go, yeah. That's going to hit us, man. That was as kids. So yeah, I mean, like, oh yeah, I get like super emotional when I talk about my yeah, dad because he's been um, such a, a a huge influence in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, so I, from that moment when like my dad, um, you know, like kind of made that decision, like you know, like I'd rather take a job as a cleaner than yeah. work in a factory and have to cut my gears. Um, and then he he met some things here in the UK. He started learning more about Sikhi. Started you know doing his part. Took Amrit, and at that time uh, this was like the early seventies, and obviously like the seventy eight Vasakhi Sakka happens. Yes. Um, so obviously that has a big impact, especially amongst the Jatha, but not just the Jatha, but Taksal as well, because there was a lot of Nirta between the Singhs yeah, and Singhnia at that close. time, right? Um, so obviously that changes a lot of the situation, and like you know like the Singhs say like. That modern armed movement begins at that kind of point where that turn away from the state, away from the sarkar, away from, you know, that that type of you know monk but their politics to own like you know shastra to bina sarna niga like they own they own annihilation right. They showed the policy. Um, so yeah, I mean like from that moment, so that that kind of impacted obviously our whole upbringing and like mm. you know uh, the environment of our house. Um, like just that deep connection with Sikhi, with the Gurbani, with um, that PR for Sings and like one of the Seva Karni. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that was that was the environment. And then obviously like the Western education begins, high school, university, and like, you know, with Sikhi and, you know, I didn't really have like friends outside of um, Sikh Sikhi, circles yeah, yeah, yeah. outside. And so like college, university was the first time I kind of made friends outside and, you know, like Mari Sangat Mil Jandia. That's a, yeah, yeah. you got to experience that in order to know what is good Sangat. 100%. 100%. Yeah. You don't and know then, bad <laughs> we're not We're not infallible beings. So, yeah. You know, the only one who is infallible is the Satguru. And And then um kind of like being on that path in like university, kinda of early university days, I did like computer science, didn't really like concentrate on studying. Um and like I got into in my early twenties I got into like a, a, a fight, like quite serious. I, I I was stabbed in my chest, I nearly died. Um and then I, I was in, in hospital and like all of the um all of the upbringing came back, you know. Yeah. <sighs> like you know um what a sick is and like uh, because in that in that situation i wasn't afraid of dying but like i was afraid that my life would have been wasted yeah yeah, yeah. because you you think to yourself we were born with the best opportunity in the best in the best background to keep mm. and you start at that moment when you think my life's gonna go you realize you're like i've been a bit of a grit here you know i've been ungrateful to the opportunity that i've been provided now you're fine. You, you've taken your with you keep your case, you keep your cards with you. I took my with I broke it years and years ago. I haven't took it again. So I know. I know my Kritkan already. But when you get to that point where you're like, I might not have an opportunity after this moment to, uh, you know, reap what I should have sowed. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes you think, doesn't it? Was that a life change? Obviously, it's going to be I mean, a life yeah, changing like, moment. For I was, you. I was lying there in, in hospital, and like everything that my dad had taught me, like came flooding back. That, like, uh, you know, like, and that, and that, the biggest realization that hit me was like I wasn't afraid to like l- throw my life away over something that was completely meaningless yeah. and egotistical. Um, 
and like this isn't how a six life should be spent yeah. like you know sek janna var dia like but not for these reasons exactly. so that was like a real kind of awakening moment of like reconnection of of me discovering the value of sikhi for myself versus you know like uh, in that environment where my parents and other six are like, i had an experience sikhi in that way like yeah. that that catch like you know um that deep desire like you know that like, like what is the purpose of of this jindagi yeah. um and like yeah like uh, that's when at that moment i experienced it for myself yeah. um okay you know this like not being attached to this life at all is is the goal um and and that's where like that real kind of that lingering feeling that was been there since childhood that you know jeevan pant de lekhil lagge like however in whichever capacity like we've got all these stories of our mahan shaheeds who like when attached to their individual jeevan yeah. but they were like the pantavasti kosh hove yeah. so for me that was like a re kind of focusing um and then from that moment is you know the nsyf kind of emerges out of that um uh give me two seconds i'm going to take you back cuz you know his wife i've got I, i want to get to that can i ask about your dad for a moment i know yeah. it might be if it's if it's too much we don't have to um you said dad went to prison what was that for so that was for um i think the charges were like possessions of explosives and okay. you know like terrorism essentially yeah, yeah. related charges here in the uk um and he was obviously a member of Babur Khalsa because yeah, yeah. when he took uh, Amrit and like the you know the, that Jatebandi emerges from that yeah. moment um so uh, you know Jatebi Singh se jena de vich like tang se gi like pant di seva karno like they became Jatebandi as six had been doing countless times right yes. throughout our entire atyas Jateband hoye um, you know apne morche um, you know sambe kamar kase kitte ta torpe right yeah. so in that seva like my dad's um, role uh, you know um, shastra the seva karni you know trying to you know organize jithe mara mota kar sakde si training saman pachona um you know jangis man he went to prison here in the uk yeah he went to prison here so how long did did he have to go in for 7 uh, years 7 years was it all london based no they sent him um into like maximum security prisons okay. like i think at one point he was on a prison in isle of wight yeah, yeah okay, he was yeah. in a prison in um i think uh, brixton somewhere it'll be isle of shepy brixton places yeah. like that max so security yeah. Yeah so like I mean to used to tell, like stories <coughs> of uh, him his time in prison as well um like I mean I always want to ask like these types of things right you know mm-hmm. about the sangarsh about like you know the movement yeah, yeah. and and his answer like like everything that we've spoken to about this their answer was always the same mm-hmm. like you know judo ira kholnya satur ne ape ape khol dene apni kamai karo and he's like that's what you got to do focus on your kamai yeah. and like to see na cheezan jo ki lena ya like you know a satgur ne ape you know jo naam japde ya furne aa jande ya like things that we thought wouldn't possible yeah. like satgurne ape ra dikhate ya ke this is what's going to happen he was involved in the byanta kand as well okay. so like um and it happened on his birthday so he was like is that with with the lover singing that one yeah oh, really? so, so he was like he was on his birthday and he's like watching the time on his clock and he's like you know his time's up right now so and even even in prison he was telling the the stories he would tell about like you know his time or like when he went there it was like um the first prison he went uh, i think it was like brixton or somewhere in south yeah. london it was like a high security one and he's like it was a really really bad prison yeah. um you know really like violent people in there like it was really dirty um and he's like he just used to do a uh, part in his cell um he just said part aramb kitte and he would just constantly read bani and like do ardas and he's like one day uh, the prison inspector came and closed down the prison right okay <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what 
Was that, was, was there a reason? Because they're, they're not shut down prison if there's a riot in there or something. I like don't that. know, man. He's like, the ek, ek aya, like he needs like, he's like, pura prison he karta. And he's like, <coughs> my vishwash is this because of the bani I read in that cell. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, I, I, like, I worked, I spent two and a half years working as a prison officer as well. Mm. So I was in Stockholm. So Pai Sao Pai Rajinder Singh, who obviously was there for a long, long time. Mm. I got to speak to him every day. Mm. And the josh in him, you know, he... What got me was, right, he was in his 60s and this man's doing chin-ups in front of me in prison. And I was sitting there going, man, I can barely get off my kursi, yeah, let alone do a chin-up. But the, you know, he'd, he'd been in prison for over 33 years when I spoke to him. After the, um, was it, Dash and Dasi case, mm. he was in for that. So uh, just speaking to him and the josh in him and the prayer in him talking about those days and he said the right things in front of the right people as well. You know, he wasn't, People look at him thinking he's come from India or whatever. He, you know, in front of the prison officers, it's, yeah, you know, I'm reformed. I don't, you know, what I did was wrong. He said the right things. But you knew his brain was still in the same place. And you can see it because since he's come out, he's exactly there. So I had him in there and uh, a couple of other things. And you can hear the stories of the Sangosh. You can hear the stories or whatever. And then the really interesting thing, I know I'm breaking off from your story, but we had a prison chaplain in there. And the prison chaplain was Apunagur Seksiga, and he was a Granthi, and I'm not going to say where he's a Granthi, but basically he used to be the prison chaplain, and he used to come in and talk, and then the, the Sings would leave, the other Sings who weren't really involved in Sikhil, and Parajin Singh stay when he'd stay. And they knew each other from India, which is really weird. Basically, he this Singh was a student during the time of 83, 84, and he was involved in the Sangarsh prior to uh, the Battle of Amritsar. And Sanjanel Sinji told him at the time that he needed to leave the country. And his dad got him out to Dubai. From Dubai, he got here. And he was involved in all that. And you're like, this man's a prison chaplain. He's, he's here to help the Sings. And at the same time, he, he had been through all that. You know, And it's amazing when you hit that generation that they all seem to be... that There was one goal, there was one initiative, and that was the Azadi. That was, hang on, we've seen now that we're stuck as Galamis and everybody was doing something. Mm. And it was interesting. So when you say about your dad, he was in Jatha, he's expected. It was just normal to go, hang on, what are you doing today? Are we looking at this? Okay, where do we go from here? Mm. And like I said, I saw the ginseng in prison. There was no Gora who would step up to him. This is a 60-year-old man, and he was so well-respected by prison officers, by everybody. You know, he had made himself in there. And there was no stress. But, I, you know, you'd think to yourself, you're like, there's seven things in a 1,200-man prison here. We've got a wing on that side that's full of 128 Muslims. If shit was to kick off, it's going to go bad. But it was never going to happen with him. Mm. He was just able to control it. And I can imagine, you know, good six of the day, like your dad and people like that, sitting in prisons in the 80s. They were horrible places. The prison system was completely different. The, the bullying, the beatings, whatever, by the prison officers, that definitely went on, because I know it went on. But you can imagine, because your dad wouldn't have got involved in the prison politics, he wouldn't have got, got involved in the uh, the goods that were coming in and out, there's no black trade market, whatever. For some people, it's a, a bit of a bliss, it's a moment of awakening, isn't it? Yeah, I think that that's what he would say. Obviously, it was like, difficult, yeah. but um, you know, he would say, like, 
in in the early days, like people would want to know what you're in for. Yeah. And they'd ask questions. They'd try to find out. Try to you know send someone to become your friend to find out. Yeah. And he's like, he just kept quiet. Did his bhakti. Yeah. And then he made one friend, and he's like, he told him what he was in for. And then he's like, that that guy then obviously went and told. Told everybody else. Yeah. And then and he's like, then the whole dynamic changed. And he's like, everyone would just give him so so much respect yeah. because. Every people are in there for like crimes or like you know petty things and somebody's in there for the seva of their desh, their calm. You know, the the whole environment changes and you probably saw that first hand with how other prisoners respected. Everybody. I mean like the Gauri used to come and talk to him, everybody's talking to him. I'm thinking, man, this is a singer's come from India. One one is English is wicked now anyway. But the prison officers, you know. I had never seen a report by the prison on a prison officer saying how good he was. Constantly. I mean, constantly. Mm-hmm. The prison officers loved him. They had so much respect for him as a person, as an individual. He was at that level that he was a mentor in prison for those people who would come in and they were scared of their life and they were on drugs or whatever. He was their mentor for mm-hmm. loads of gory, loads of, obviously loads of Muslim and he didn't... You know, and he got that respect, not just, you know, that, but then when they hear about his crime, they're like, shit, I'm not going to mess with him anyway. Mm-hmm. Because even if I did, if he's willing to take somebody out on the outside, come all the way over here and do that, and I'm dead in the cell. It's a different yeah. level of seriousness. Oh, yeah. And you know what we found, like, in our research into the Sangarshan, like, the things that went to prison, whether yeah. it was in India, whether it was, you know, in Romania, whether it was yeah. here, the exact same story. Yeah. Like, they're universally respected by yeah. other inmates yeah. and, obviously, the prison authorities, and they know that these people aren't people. They're, like, in there for a principal, sadantic exactly. reason, and they're not, they're not going to compromise on their sadant. And, like, the things in, that went to prison in Romania and in the Kant there, like, they would go to the... The governor's house that the governor gave them chabbi to his house and be like you know like whatever you want and um the indian officials came from india to romania to torture them in romania yeah. and obviously at that time you know the country was very close with india so a yeah. lot of stuff would go on um and you know the you know these uh, their indian officials wanted to know the names of other people they didn't reveal the names um and then the other prisoners found out who these guys were yeah. and like what what reason that they were in there for and just generally obviously they didn't have a problem with Romania or anybody right. else or the Romanian government, you know, but their issue was sadantic and you know, you just hear that story all the time. Like, yeah. you know, the things in prison they, they get so much respect from everyone else and also like just generally they 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 must they completely must like mm. they yeah, a lot of them go into their about. their bhakti also things my dad would say as well, like he was like there during the movement times in Nibani Kantasagi yeah. um and like just all day in his cell just doing bhakti, just doing Sokumni Sai Patasaki or so in Bani Kantasagi and then and then when he came out afterwards he like started driving a truck because that's one of the yeah, yeah. jobs you can get as a well, uh, get, someone with a criminal re- record and he's like he loved that job as well he's like just sara din part kariyana well they got six in with dad at the time he saw um by manjeet singh and by rajinder oh, yeah, singh okay, yeah. and then i i met by manjeet singh once um at, at the rally and um he was like i saw your dad in prison when he when we came in and he was walking in and uh, he saw us like from far and he's like uchi dani fate bhai and he's like our like hands like just went up so much exactly yeah. That's why when I saw here, I was like, say, because that's just a big thing yeah. in, in anybody, you know, it just does. Yeah. But no, you know, like I said, I've seen a number of things in prison. And there's a difference between things, as in Gursiks, and just Upper Punjabi prison. Mm-hmm. And you see that. And like I said, when I saw the whichever prison you go to and there's Gursiks in, especially when it comes for 
what we consider terrorist-related offences here in the UK, but you know, basically standing up for civil rights and principles, you see the initial fear by the prison officers and whatnot because they're just like, hang on, they're going to cause us bunker. Within two or three months, these people become really trusted. Mm. They're worried about radicalisation, so they stop that, especially with the Muslim one I see that today. But I saw it was a Jinn thing, like I said, there was none of that, there was absolutely none. Um, and like I said, he went through a horrible time initially in prison because that's how it starts, but things are very different today from when he was released. But no, so obviously we just talked about Dad. Dad came out, back into the family. Um, how's, how's that, getting back used to... Dad's here every day now, this is cool. Yeah, I mean, it was an adjustment because, like, he was also young when he went yeah. in and then when he come, came out, like, you know, I was a bit more aware as a child. Yeah. So it took a, a moment to, like, get used to, like, this new person that's back in the yeah. house that you didn't really know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, you know, I just... I, my youngest memories are, like, obviously going to visit him in prison, yeah. like, just being shy, not really understanding what's going on. Um, and then, yeah, just... You know, I guess we kind of get you get back into that role. We bought okay again at that time. Um, you know, like just just materially, the conditions were very difficult because you've you're you know in a in a country and you've lost, you know, um, the, the father figure. Father yeah, figure you've lost like you know the income and like, you know, just the things are difficult. So obviously that took you know um, its toll and you know it took time to kind of adjust. Um, and like make sense of it as well, you know. As like I went on my own journey to understand, like you know, is what the and then eventually making my peace with that and understanding, and you know, and uh, and now looking at the, my dad the way I do, and like all of not just him, but all of those individuals. Yeah. Um, I think it's one thing that Seva said. He's like, you know, you got to remember there are some people that read the news about their you know siblings becoming shaheed and they wanted to enter the battlefield, yeah. and others read the news and put the paper down and went to work yeah, exactly. and that that just always stays with me you know and like it's just it, it, these are the halata that we're in yeah. so like those, all of those individuals that at that time um you know just left their homes and like try to enter the sangarsh in yeah. whichever way they could or support in whichever way they could uh they they'll always have like my respect and it's one of the things that my dad would say like um when he passed away in 2018 yeah. um and like by that time because he was on like so many medications yeah. and like you know his health problems began in prison as well because when he went in he was so okay. he would eat prashadde that would come from home and yeah. mom would bring like you know a tear of ronte for him and he'd eat them and, and the next visit would come and she'd bring more and then the the prison officers because obviously it's all psychological games they want to break you you know so they realize that this isn't really having an effect this guy is relaxing so they stopped the food from outside yeah. then he got dispensation to make his own food on religious grounds because okay. he was babiki then they stopped that and then then it was just like you know boiled uh, alu and yeah, jal for is. seven years and then you know obviously then he came out and he worked day and night so his health began to deteriorate massively and then the you know the last like um you know m most of my life it was either knowing my dad like not being there because he's in prison or not being there because he's working, working or be him being bedbound because now he's just ill and like mm. you know and that deterioration process was really really slow the kidney failure then going on dialysis and then like to the last moments when he was like completely couldn't move um but he'd say something when he was fit and healthy and then you know by the the end of it he he didn't know like um 
you know where he was or like you know if he had eaten and stuff mm. but he said the same thing like literally like his last conversation with me um he it was the same uh, same exact same phrasing like you know remember jado kom te pari pendia se kada far je unne karni bana like seva karni yeah just you know just watching that film when you get that bit with the meeting with the akan kirtni jatha and they say we're not going home mm. you know we'll still fight the Yeah. fight the jungle but we're not going to go home don't settle back down and don't live with those pleasures because you forget about what what's real out there yeah. what would have been interesting in your life would have been that we sit around we're looking for these little jeevanies and pieces of paper and things like that but you would have had libraries literally these libraries of knowledge around you all these people that were involved with your dad or knew your dad and knew things going on that must have been amazing because we look for role models and you had them coming to you basically you know honestly like for a, a while i didn't really understand or didn't appreciate yeah. um after his passing like one of the things that hit me the most was not like just his physical departure because mm. as a dad like you know i mean you know he he wasn't probably the greatest dad that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what we all think of that and then you realize when they go but as a sick yeah. i mean a phenomenal sick you yeah. know and like i i would i'd prefer the sick over the dad because the sick is what actually raises you you know yeah. Um and he'd always he'd ask him a question he'd always give me the correct answer as a sick not yes. as a parent you know yes. with other parents would be like nahi dani karna nahi karuga like idda ho jugi like you know kaato pange lene kormata de naal and and he'd be like you know he's like you like jira the stand le hathiyar ban sangharsh raya and he like ehi sahi stand ya eh to kadi mukarna nahi hega and like always give like the this correct advice and and that was a beautiful thing and you know afterwards like when he had, when he was gone like um i realized like how much knowledge now is missing from my life yeah, that i took for advantage like this guy read everything man mm-hmm. all the puratan grants like you know just atwarik guru khalsa like everything you know yeah. you could think of um you know dasambani like had so much bani kant so could relate atyas to gurbani in that way that just sparks you you know mm. um and all of that just went you know and like that's i'm relearning stuff and like i would like for me like for me, he was like a a a grounding and guiding force cuz i would go learn stuff yeah. and then i would go back and explain it to him in punjabi even though he could speak english yeah. fluently but I'd explain it to him in punjabi because i wanted to convey the idea and for me it was only true if i could explain it in punjabi yeah. cuz the gora um, ideas it is harder for them to hide in punjabi yeah. cuz the language you know unmasks them in in a way that english you know you know covers the, those gora ideas up so yeah. I would want to like explain in Punjabi to him and you know it was it was beautiful to see like you know so many things that he already knew and that he had already uncovered and the way I was making my own kind of connections and I remember I said to him once I was like dad you haven't moved from this bed for a while but you're still so far ahead of me yeah. and that like just blew my mind no it is it's, uh, the african proverb is that that every time a person dies a library's been burned mm. because the amount of knowledge that they retain and like I said the stories and things like that and you would probably be hearing it from other people now going I remember I did this with your dad and your dad did this and mm. he said again I didn't know that I didn't know that I didn't know that yeah that's me so like I said I got a, but I needed to ask you about your dad because you mentioned it and I know somebody would go hang on you didn't even probe that for a moment um you talked about your education but what was your education where did you go what what did you study what did you want to do that's the the big thing that honestly i, I didn't really understand i think when i went to college i wanted to do like 
um, you know, classical civilizations and yeah. law and like, you know, I didn't really know because I was the first of my family to go to university. So like, I don't know what a university is. Mm. Like, didn't, you know, it was the first, uh, you know, to go through this education system. So like our generation, I think our parents that didn't go through that, they didn't understand. Like, I know what this country is now better than my parents because You've I was raised it. by the Britain in a certain mm. way, right? So. So yeah, I'm like, I was kind of lost and fumbling through my entire kind of education. Didn't really have much direction. Didn't really know what to do. Didn't know what a job was or what a career was. Um, and didn't take that stuff seriously either. That has to be said for me. Like you know, the Sangarsh was everything. Yeah. Um, Sikhi was everything, and all of this stuff was irrelevant. Um, like in my house like my dad used to tell me off for watching tv and he would say to me that like there's nothing in this for you mm. like you don't watch it like it's gonna make you stupid yeah. and i wouldn't understand that as a young kid and in my head i would think no dad you're stupid there's nothing wrong with tv yeah. and now i've learned about colonialism and you know the psychology and how you know all of this stuff is a big conversation now and i'm like damn the, the guy was right and maybe mm. they our parents couldn't articulate those things in the way that we can because we've got a you know, more we're more closer with English and all of this stuff. Well, so like we're trapped in a cycle of mind. They've yeah. broken from that already because they'd realised yeah. what was relevant to life and what wasn't. We yeah. we didn't. It's like the innate self-preservation yeah. also kicks in as well, right? Like yeah. you know, when your parents are like, "Ethni jana, ethne kapre ni pone, ani dekna," and we're like, "Oh no, they're stupid or they're backwards." Yeah, exactly. Really, they're not. They're trying to protect and preserve you, but and they don't. Uh, they can't articulate what the problem is. Yeah. And my old dad would say, "Gore ande kam me ajaye, gore chorandi." and like as I'm growing and I'm like going through my actual education which is learning about what it means to be uh, here in this country yeah. that for us to be here where we came from no longer exists yeah. and everyone here is essentially effed and we're displaced and that's a very serious generational violence that's occurred we've broken from not only our tarti but our relationship with the tartis changed yeah. our relationship with each other has changed everything is about like we began the individual about Maya about everything we're warned against that becomes life now yeah, yeah. and six are teaching their children that success um, monetary success yeah. Um, educational success is success now and Sikhi has become a secondary thing it's like <laughs> you know it's that kind yeah, of yeah, mentality now right and and that's very dangerous like yeah. I mean just like you know we see with this um, a lot of people don't know how to process that or understand it outside of the cultural hegemony of being British mm. that they've lost someone or, or like not a, a family that you know has literally built a Raj from um, you know destroying Punjab yeah. um, and we should see them as violent a violent entity that has uh, done a very good job of you know uh, of reframing themselves as a benevolent force and you know I heard a, one interview of a Sikh who said oh she never said anything that was really bad or controversial she didn't need to she's sitting on a throne made of the you know skulls of your people Not just that. The, uh, what they're looking for is resistance right so this person hasn't said anything bad but at the same time they've not said anything good and the the acquiescing mm. and resisting, so just going along with it, yeah. you know, is a different thing. Somebody will say, "Oh, but she did this, she did that," and somebody's going, "Hang on, she wore a jadab, she wore a hat, she did this." You know, she came to Gurnanagar Gurdwara in Leicester when she opened in two thousand and two, and she did exactly the same thing. You know, so there wasn't the relevant respect, but people aren't going to process that because people put themselves, like you said, as British first and as Sikhi after. 
Yeah, and you think it's like people don't understand how much of that is learned. I, I didn't understand how much of that, like what it, my relationship with Britishness is. And I would say my real kind of education began with the formation of National Sikh Youth Federation, which is yeah. to like see, look, we these are the conditions in front of us now. What we're lacking is like resources. Mm-hmm. What we're lacking is this idea of you know leadership, or this question of leadership, of direction, of um, our Sikh orgs are really concerned and obsessed with explaining Sikhi to the Gore and not communicating to the Pant. Like our Pantic knowledge on our lacking direction. And if we're always talking about our Shaheeds and, you know, I think one of the the, the big realization moments for us is, uh, for me in particular, was in our Gurdwari, we had Shaheed Smagams. We'd yeah. have like, you know, San Janelle saying, Bimi Sadida Mahan Sikh, Taddi Wara, singing their Wara. And outside of it, um, they were called terrorists, extremists, religious fanatics. And there was this big gulf, this big divide. And nobody would enter into the public discourse in this country especially you know when Nahal you must have heard his conversations right like he was a yeah. big guy BBC Asian Network nobody would enter into that public discourse and be like these guys aren't terrorists they're heroes um, and that was kind of a, a big moment that you know we have to kind of in, interrupt and infiltrate and interject in, in public discourse um, and becoming Jateban, forming NSYF and that process that I've gone on to learn about like colonialism courses I've, I'm starting an MA now yeah. in culture, diaspora, ethnicity to learn about this in more detail and just, just the way credentialization works in this country you know like you know it gives you legitimacy because this is the way this academic hierarchical system works yeah. you know so understanding how we can you know divert its power Power, divert the power of the academy, create space for ourselves. You know, when I was talking to my dad about decolonization, he was like, what's the benefit of it to the Sangarsh? And for me, it was like, you know, it is a talia. Like, you know, do they, they attack sons, they attack our shaheeds, and they call them fanatics. Mm-hmm. Decolonization and this entire framework that Kale have done, literally, they've formulated this, like, theoretical framework. Yeah. It protects us. It gives us a, a, the striking blow of the Angrej that goes straight to the shaheeds. It gives us, hang on a second, you know, where are you speaking from? Yeah. Who's your expert on Sikhi? What is your definition of this? So we get to kind of understand pack the rules of their game question their rules question the arena mm-hmm. versus trying to be represented within the arena which I think a lot of six have fallen the, the trap into well the issue you have is the consideration of somebody being a freedom fighter and a terrorist is an extremely thin line based on politics and worldview at the time and who wins well it does matter about who wins because like you said the the lines can't write their own history it's always the victor it's always given from the side of the the um, the hunter. The issue you have is it depends on the world view at the point. While F.W. de Klerk was in, in charge and obviously you had everything going on in South Africa, the biggest terrorist was Nelson Mandela, who sat, who sat in Robin Island forever. Now he's lauded. But it is, it's about that sort of thing. It's about the internal politics. Somebody's only a terrorist to these states if they go against what they believe. But when they do exactly the same thing, so when we talk about the you know, talking foreign policy when they're going to Iraq, Syria, Libya, whatever, it's helping people. When Russia does the same, it's a terrorist approach, it's encroaching, it's whatever. And it's the same with us because the politics of the Indian government was way laden with the English government, which we know through the findings that were found with the papers between Margaret Thatcher and the SAS and things like that. It's, we were only considered terrorists because we were on the other side. 
And, and that's all it comes down to. And, and it's about, like you said, structuring that and explaining that. Because a lot of people go, terrorist, terrorist, terrorist. We've seen it this week on Instagram feeds and things like that and Twitter and whatnot. Um, and it's about, like you said, we need people to engage in that conversation. Because prior to that, you just have hotheads going on going, no, they're not terrorists. It's, it's our thing. But you've got to explain. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty hot-headed myself. No, no, no. But, but, for me, but, it's like but it's you about know the background. The, you know about the, the terms of the engagement. You know about the yeah. Green Revolution. You know about the, the, the movement of water. You know about the, the um, putting a cap on the grain sales. You know about all those sorts of things which lead to an oppressive state. Mm. An oppressive state will have anything. You put a lid on a boiling uh, pan of water, it will try to boil over. And that's what mm. happens. If you put enough pressure on carbon, it becomes a diamond. And it's exactly the same way. Yeah. So, with your education, I know you said you didn't know where you were going. What What did you study at uni? What did uh, you go computer to? science. Yeah. What did you want to do? You st- I, I know you know. said you didn't want to. No, I, I honestly, I, I, I vaguely remember thinking Bill Gates is the richest man. If I study computer science, I might make yeah. something of myself. Something along those lines. And then um, I, I don't think I was prepared, like emotionally, spiritually, for like what university was and that environment and that like you know so-called freedom. And it became a very distracting and in in some ways a very destructive place for me. Yeah. Um, Where was uni? Where did you go? Um, I went to Wolverhampton first to actually do war study. Yeah, and then it was really isolating because you know that was the first time I walked into a room and it was full of white people. Yeah, and that was really a big shock. You know, growing up in South. We've grown up in Leicester. Yeah, we're surrounded by it. So when we went to college and went, it's full of Asians. That was like a big thing for us. And then you lot gone the other way and gone. Hang on, what's happening? Here? Honestly, I, was, I don't. I've ne- I had never seen that many white people congregated in a space, and I was <laughs> like, I instantly felt like I didn't belong, and completely self-conscious, and yeah. and yeah, I mean, like it was a, it was a really violent experience, like yeah. university, just 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 as a whole. I think academia generally is a really destructive place, mm-hmm. um, you know. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't prepared at all. I didn't have any of the kind of tools to to go in. And did yeah. you come out of uni with a with a degree or anything? Yeah, barely. Yeah, yeah we still got one. Yeah, that's the thing. You still got one. we. I dropped out, and other people dropped out. Things. He's more educated than I'll ever be in my life. But honestly, so, everything that I would consider education, mm. none of that came from formal schooling. The only thing that they've taught me here is to speak their language yep. um, and kind of, you know, hide myself and defend myself from them in the way they do from us. You know, like understand their games, yeah. basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, like everything I've actually learned that's been of value about Sikhi has come from people within Sangat. Yeah. It's come from Taddi Vara, it's come from Tarmik Geet, it's come from Qatar. It's come from, you know, just immersing myself in uh, the environment of Sikhi. It's come from, um, you know, Khandkriti, Jathar, Taksal, from our Sakhya, you know, about our Shaheeds. Yeah. Um, what I'm learning now in my MA, like, is, is really useful. Um, there's a lot of... I went on a course previously a few years ago um, yeah. about decolonization. Um, uh, uh, there's a collective of, like, you know, all these decolonial scholars, and they run, like, a summer school, and I went on that for two weeks, and, and that was really kind of profoundly eye-opening. Um, and, you know, all these kind of feelings, like, I would never liked Gore, and, like, now I understood why, and I had language to articulate that in a lot more detail. Well, tell me about it. Tell, obviously, there's going to be a big jump between doing a degree in computer science mm-hmm. to jumping into the MA. Mm-hmm. I was going to talk about your employment between that and what you're doing, but forget that for a moment. Tell me about how you've gone on to this MA. I know you've ended up on this course. How have you ended up on this course initially, this so, summer thing? So um, so this summer thing, uh, I had... Um, 
somebody had recommended it to me. Uh, one of the things that was actually, um, you know, across borders in Canada, you, yeah. you know, we had, we had connected, he was studying in SOAS at the time, um, and he had recommended this course. Um, and like, for me, it was, it was always like a kind of a, a weirdly, a weird kind of rule I lived my life by, um, which is not going to sound really odd, but, you know, it, it was, for me, it was very black and white. If, if there's a choice between taking a step towards something that I would consider pantic or yeah. something that I would consider worldly, whenever I'm faced with that choice, I'd always step towards what pantic. I would consider pantic, yeah. always. And just keep living by that simple rule, you know, I ended up on that course. I ended up on this MA. We ended up with National Sikh Youth Federation, yeah. the Khalistan Center, the documentary. Like, so for me, it's never really put me wrong in that way. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I found out about that course, and um, you know, I you know ended up raising the money and, and going on it, and um, yeah, it was a really really eye opening experience because a lot of the, the all the people in there were like PhD scholars yeah. and like lecturers, and you know, because this was a few years ago now when decolonization was beginning to kind of like bubble in like yeah. the university and like the academic discourse, um, and then being in that space. And realizing because of my understanding of the Sangarsh, mm-hmm. because of my um, relationship with Sikhi, this stuff n- inherently made sense to me. You know, yeah. like it, it was, I was like, yo, we don't need to learn like about um, us being humans or like what humanity is. Because Guru Nanak Bhatsha has already explained that to us. Yeah. These Angrej didn't understand what humanity was. And I find it quite like laughable. And obviously from that egocentric, you know, existence where you think you're the pinnacle of creation, yeah. and then obviously all of the zulum is going to come out of that, yeah. that um, egocentric existence. And yeah, I mean, that was a really great course. I've, I had a really strong feeling in that, that I wish like, you know, this knowledge could be distributed in the Panth. And, well, like, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. What is it that you can take from that and distribute to the Panth? What is it that you've... You, what tools have you added to your kit? Like a lot of um, understanding of, of, about like this theoretical framing that has been done by scholars before, yeah. um, which gives us space. Again, like, you know, that, that tal, right? Yeah. It gives us space because they're like, you know, yeah. you look like this. So you're like the arm and grade sees us, sees mm-hmm. a, uh, particularly a male sick body with the dari, the side. They think Osama bin Laden. Of course We've grown up here, right? So we know the reality and they attack us in that way. So this kind of um, decolonization, you know, theory and work and, um, you know, knowing about these scholars, knowing about like, you know, where these conversations have begun from, what's came before, um, it gives you a lot of tools like to understand the the cycle, the repetition, because yeah. a lot of people are caught in reactionary rhetoric or really kind of low level conversations that they think that they're the first to have this idea. Yeah, of course. When you have, when you get into that kind of academic approach and you realize, hang on, these conversations have occurred before they you know uh, there's a a particular context a particular moment where this world emerges mm. um and it's not that long ago you know like we've lived l- longer as a azad qom than we have under their system like from 1849 to yeah. 1947 is is that kind of that's a very important period of time well, i i i even for Maharaj Ranjit Singh goes in 1839. Yeah. And then the we have the battles. Tree. So we got the yeah. Sabraon, we get yeah. um, Mudki, we get Ferozpur, yeah. we get uh, Chilinwala, we get all those battles. So that, between like that. that. And we lose, Mahara, you know, mm. Nonahal Singh, uh, Maharaj Sher Singh, we get uh, obviously Gulab Singh, the, you know, all those. We get a lot. But by that time, it's already in. Because up until the Satavaj, the Patiala mm. states, Nabas states, Kapoor, they were already under the British anyway. Yeah, yeah. They were already there. And so, like, that moment of like, 
1947 is that kind of formalization where we're now in their world now. Yeah. The Khalsa has been separated into a political and a religious identity, religious under the SGPC, political under Akali Dal. Yeah. Your being is now fragmented. You can't exist as a whole Khalsa. And then what Santajan is saying, obviously, they, t- they turn yeah. away from that. But that moment, 1947 to now, is not that long ago. But no, look no. how much the psychologically, um, spiritually, the Panth has changed in, yeah. in a lot of... 75 years. In a lot, yeah, in, in a lot of profound ways. Yeah. Like, I'm here, you're here with i think and speak in english yeah. you know i have to like struggle to reclaim punjabi reclaim my connection to marbulli and that's going to be a lifelong thing and whatever i forget like you know a thought that hits me a lot is i know less punjabi than my mum and it's just because my mum refused to learn english yeah. that i know this punjabi and my kids going to know less punjabi than me that's exactly how it is i was about to say that and somebody said to me the other day they go you can tell whether you're Punjabi or British uh, without even asking anybody. I said, what are you on about? I said, when you forget something or you need to do something, you know you have that moment where you think to yourself, do you speak in Punjabi or in English? I was like, it's always in English. He's like, there you go, that's mm-hmm. where you that's, that's what you should become. He goes, but to your parents, it's different. They'll be speaking in their first language. Yeah. Like, that's English. where you know, you're just like, holy crap, my, I've conditioned my mind to yeah. speak in English. And don't leave the gas on. Did I do that? It's not in in Punjabi. It's always in English. It's mad. And 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 the next generation, like, I've hope, uh, hopefully they don't. But a lot of them do. And you hear this conversation that, you know, our culture is backwards, or like, you know, this whole and this emerges with like race um, discourse and of the backwards culture and like, you know, that whole academia thing where these uh, conversations come uh, yeah. come from, right? There, but you hear them because it's so internalized. You hear like youngsters saying, oh, "Our culture is backwards," or like, you know, our parents don't let us wear these clothes, and that's backwards. Mm. The West is forwards. Modernity is advancement. Modernity is the world inclusion into the world order inclusion into civilization yeah. and all of these are specific ideas that were crafted by european thinkers by racist scientists and spread in in the world this idea of racial difference of yeah. biological racial difference that there's a, a, a hierarchy with the gore at the top gale at the bottom um of uh, of humanity of capacity for reason of capacity of, for love and these were legitimate sciences yeah, you know were, that they developed age. Up until the early 1900s, you had that where, the, you know, they studied the bo- bones of black people with big hips, big thighs, everything. You know, bones are kept within the Paris museums. They looked at the intellect of thought. They thought that just be- the darker the skin, the smaller the brain, the, the more not inherent the intellect. The, the intellect wasn't there, but you were... You're basically like Neanderthals. Basically, yeah, and you know, and it, all of it is rooted in Christian doctrine. Yeah. Um, it's justified through um, Christian doctrine, justified through like bourgeois, like more norms and 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 ideals of respectability and like what it means to be part of civilized society. And this is all the soft power, the cultural power of empire, <laughs> where we regulate ourselves now. So respectability becomes a way in which you sit a certain way, you talk a certain way, yeah. you dress a certain way. Kulli dadi is messy, tight yeah, yeah, dadi yeah. is neater. Certain pug looks more. Militants and pug, yeah. like you know, the, 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 all of these self-regulation, all of this indirect rule of the colonizer on our minds and our bodies, and then people repeat it like an original thought, like you know. But it's like no, these are learnt social norms, and upending them is part of the struggle. And and yeah, so like I mean, I've learnt a lot of this this stuff from my MA, and now like I can point to certain writers or certain thinkers, and again like this, you know, this kid in their arena of having legitimacy. But the most important thing with the MA. It's given me space to um, explore my own thoughts and yeah. like um, explore, um, you know, this work in a lot more detail, in a lot 
in a, in a slower pace, which I've discovered. I've found the um, you know this MA quite actually a therapeutic process yeah. because in the kind of Bantic activism world, everything moves so fast and so quick, and we're doing so much. But in this space, it's like you know you're spending like a week reading an article, and then another week reading another three articles, and yeah. then you know you're writing something. So it, the the pace is quite nice, and and being you know um, kind of looking at thinkers and writers that I had read you know before out of kind of necessity like I need to know mm. what this thinker says and why this where this idea came from to now kind of um, being able to explore them in a lot more detail and understanding how you know um, they were in conversation with European writers and how they were writing against and, and really being in awe of a lot of their work as well like you okay. know like Stuart Hall and all these yeah I was about guys. to say have you got any that spring to mind so Stuart Hall what does Stuart Hall talk about it talks about like race talks about like the west talks about like you know the, the cultural formation of these ideas okay. and like Amy Césaire talks about like um, uh, um, colonialism and Fanon obviously is like really famous talks about colonialism and he talks about like what the idea he's most famous for most controversial for I suppose is that this idea about violence that like you know you gotta overthrow the colonizer through armed struggle you know Tanwazaddi mm. Milnini and obviously I, reading this as a sick I'm like yeah I, I've heard that before somewhere <laughs> well, well I was about to say you, you hear that in the film uh, Jameer Singh says you know we've done the peaceful yeah. struggle in San Janelle so now it's time for the arms struggle. And you're honestly like reading a lot of these thinkers, like seeing how how Sikhi is so far advanced in this sort mm. and why like our Sangarsh is so important. Like, you know, Kisine Kisidai Tehat Nifarna and like that Updesh that we have of Sarbasanji Valta, Sarvata De Paleda Raj, Sirjana, Halemi Raj Sirjana, you know, like we gain Raj and we lose Raj for the same reason. Sadiko Zulum Bardashni Hunda. Capturing power alone isn't the end for the Khalsa. Holding power alone isn't the end of the Khalsa. It is Doshtada Nash Karnaya, another Matafinaya, Bardashni Karnaya, Chijakisakoi Pukani Rana Jeda. Like very alien ideas. You know, like you see so much Sikh charity is so deeply ingrained within us. We see someone hungry. We, no, you, can't. you can't, right? So you see someone on the side with food, somebody struggling. You're just like, I've got to give some. And you see like, you know, the, the stats come out, Sikhs are the most charitable community. It's because Guru Nanak Sahib has said, like these concepts, right? But it's not just about for us now where we have where the space that we're not permitted to go into is religion being confined to our private sphere yeah. what we're not allowed same way with muslims and same way with non-christians you're not allowed your religion to in, uh, interfere and influence public policy so okay. they can say god save the queen and you know the queen has the divine right to rule and she can be the head of state and the monarch everything uh, um, christianity has secularized itself yeah. you will never be secular so basically they keep a, a they keep a barrier between you know like how they say Christianity is the church apex. Yeah, we yeah. know it because what yeah. you've talked about is I've just watched an article last night on uh, Christian nationalism in America. Mm. And then you've got, obviously, Christian um, religions such as the Mormons. Mm. The Mormons say that if you are white, you can get to mm-hmm. the spiritual life. If you are not white, then you can only get to the domains after you. So you're just like, well, hang on, you don't even get the same reward afterwards following the same faith because of the colour of your skin. Something that God has put him after my has done himself. It's yeah. not to do with your choice or whatnot. And the thing is when you like so, hear those ideas of, as a Sikh obviously growing up in, in an environment like, you know, where there's so much Bani being recited and, you know, 
uh, the familiarity, like, you know, the, the um, tradition with the Jatha, like, you know, so one of the greatest works, so the Jatha has produced the Amrit Kirtan, Shabad Devich Pranali Jorni, Ek Shabad Nuduja Shabad Nal Jorna, you get a, an understanding for Gurbani. Yeah. Um, and like, hearing these ideas from the Angrej, like, it, it just, they never made sense at all. You know, like, when, when I would watch films or anything, you know, like, produced here, I'd always see, like, the good things as sick things. Like, these are sick ideals. Mm. But they're not in here. They're not... And this Maj Divit Junimil. You get it from their fantasy, you know, depiction of how they think the world should be. And obviously, it's always a Gora who's the, you know, at <coughs> yeah, the centre of yeah. that, you know. But you don't see it in their Samaj, right? Yeah. Like, so that was very grounding for me. And, and that's always been really, really grounding. And, like, throughout this, like, kind of MA, like, to explore those ideas and, and understand, like, why... Um, especially like Sikh academia within the the university, right? Yeah. Why it will always be so limiting, and like and like seeing what a messy place it is, you know, seeing how much whiteness has uh, has space within Sikh academia, seeing like how um, how silly and how shallow their understanding of the the Sangarsh is, mm-hmm. like. You know, it's laughable. Like you know, like the way the I mean, like beyond ethno-nationalist, religious, fundamentalist. You know, and like no concept of who Saint Janel Singh was yeah, at right, all. Right, right. Like, I, I don't, this is the pinnacle of like sick academia. I mean, just recently, some better stuff has been written, mm-hmm. and there is stuff that's on the fringes. Um, but again, obviously, you, then that type of work is is critiqued as being biased or not fitting in, like you know, this mainstream tradition so even Sikhs don't have space within Sikh academia yeah. Um, but yeah for me like Santaji and Sangarsh is um, you know as we'll talk about is is very very important because not only because of um, you know like the Bahadri and the Surbirta hmm. but because of what it means to us understanding our relationship with the world yeah. and that I think is one of the big purposes of the documentary no that's fine um, Tell me about your path from education to employment today. So, what is it that you do? What is it that sustains you to be able to do all the projects that you're doing? So, from um, university, you know, I tried I had a couple of, like random jobs. You know, yeah. um, worked for like a, a paper company at one point. Um, but my interest was always in in this. You yeah. know, like pantadaki karsakadeya. Um, and then when our first project was the um, exhibition that we did, the yep. Candle in the Dark. Um, and this is through NSYF? Yeah, this was through NSYF. So let's, let's forget that. Let's just go to, tell me about NSYF, your involvement, how it commenced. Let's do that because that's going to talk about your employment through there. Yeah, so basically when um, kind of NSYF merges, it like that Rajwana death sentence thing. Okay. Um, and there was a there was a couple of like Narjon meetings that were called um, that we went to um, and you know we realised that there's a big kind of dearth on like resources um, our perspective quite differs as well like we're like you know we should be calling for Rajwana to be hanged not for clemency from the state because the issue is one of sovereignty and liberation and Khalistan the issue is not for seeking humanity yeah. or justice from the state they're never going to give it so you know like we should ch- the terms of the conversation the framing isn't something that we, we necessarily related to so um, in that meeting we were like we kind of proposed the idea that you know we need a non-join jathe bandi we need to get organised we need to kind of develop the resources um, and out of the second meeting one of the things there one of the elders suggested the name National Security Federation yeah. so we took that name and um, yeah then we kind of um, we kind of figured it out I guess it was a process of what it meant to become Jateban then you know re- understand um, 
this type of organizing and then at one point I, I stopped working I left my work you yeah. know and I was like yeah let's just do this exhibition let's develop these type of resources um, and that's still kind of a, a central kind of theme I think like the documentary merges out of that same idea yeah. if you look at other movements like you know Palestine Hogar, like you know the Irish movement like you know Kurdistan even you know um, there's so much documented and so much that they can point to and like Indian so you can't really point to people like to these resources so one of the first things we did was made an infographic about Pai Rajawana and we wanted to kind of focus on um you know, like the quality of the resource should be really good. You know, like this is Panta di Tijia. And yeah. when we did the exhibition as well, like nobody had kind of made an exhibition like that, you know, that scale. And we did it all over the country. And I think we bit off way more than we could chew as well. Like I, they literally just, you know, I was trying to work at the same time and do this. And I was like, it's not going to happen. So yeah. I, I left the job. Um, and then, yeah, it's just literally been like, you know, odd bits and bobs trying to, you know, do the Pantic work as the priority. Um, and out of that, my my role, which I'm in now as the program director for the Khalistan Center, that emerges out of like all of this kind of this building that we were doing through National Security Federation, the, you know, the, the work that we were doing, the connections that we were making, which is really, really important. Um, and that that kind of desire to work a little bit differently, to focus inwards, to develop our own capacity, to realize that we don't understand, nobody's got the answers, um, you know, that that the meetings and, you know, um, the kind of reactionary discourse isn't going to solve anything, it's always going to be there, we need to move at our own pace, yeah. we need to set the terms of engagement, the representation politics ain't going to cut it, all of these issues are cyclical, um, you know, and that kind of really informed how we how we moved how we did things um, and i've been in this role with the Khalistan center for about two years now yeah. and like when we got covid hit so we haven't been able to um do what we need to do but we're on track to do yeah it? but the the documentary kind of emerges out of yeah. that um and yeah the goal's always been to you know to like grapple with these ideas of leadership of um resource building of yeah. creating that space where we can actually think on our own terms um where we can develop like analysis and critique and um and develop tools and resources and take the stuff that we've learned and um you know kind of uh, distribute that and build on that so yeah. there's a lot that we want to do in in that kind of similar vein um you know as the documentary and as the kind of resources we've developed through nsyf how many members have you got as part of nsyf as in not um members in membership but as in members who are active who are doing stuff well, there's a handful of us you know there's yeah there's a handful of us that that are active that are contributing um but yeah i mean it go, do you all goes feed into the um the um, the Khalistan Center. You all feed it, and so is that just something that you've got a responsibility of? So there's the, there's a, a lot of organizing behind the scenes, a lot yeah. of Narjuan behind the scenes who like do like immeasurable amount go of work. To, yeah. To, yeah. So the, and there's a lot of transnational organizing that's occurring between like the center and you know National Security Federation and other Narjuan Jatebandia, and that's something that we've always been really kind of interested in connecting to that Pantik core because yeah. that that's what drives everything. They're the ones that are revolving around Guru Sahib, Para Rakdeya, Baniya Pardeya, like you know. And if we can't connect to that Pantik core, then you know it's not worth connecting to like anybody else yeah yeah so like that's that's what kind of doing we're trying to 
um, move it in a, in a different way. So yeah. we've got there's a, there's a few of us right across borders, there's a few here in the UK, um, so, yeah. and then there's the the work of National Sikh Youth Federation essentially powers the centre, um, and the centre gives us space, and it's because of the centres, because of the work that the Nordjuan have been doing. Yeah to get that funding, to produce the documentary, to make sure the work of the center is happening, um, and to give us space to really like figure this out because like I said in Sun, no one's got the answers, no one's got the roadmap. Um, you know, like the well, you must have a roadmap. So there must be aims and objectives for what you're doing. We've Are got ideas, yeah. Bang, one, two, three, this is what we want to do. We've got ideas, yeah. yeah. We've got ideas. We've got overarching direction that yep. we, what we so want to achieve. So you've got strategic and, yeah. and, and targeted. So Definitely, yeah. Strategic is these are the five things we want over a 10-year period and this is what we're doing this year now, now, now. Definitely. But you need that. You need that in order to look at, you know, yeah. are we actually achieving what we want? Is it specific? Is it targeted? Is it, you know, you need those sorts of things. 100%. And do you think it's been, it's been a constant learning process because realizing that we don't have this isn't this type of institution building isn't modeled for us yeah. like the non-profit version is the charitable version is um you know this type of work isn't modeled like this the sangarchi is a new movement that emerges like there and it has gone through different phases like this armed struggle phase and yeah. now we're in a, a new phase and nobody's kind of named at this moment is definitely not the phase of uh, the phase of democratic organizing yeah, of but this is a kind of a new phase that we're in yeah. um and you know, and having the space to organize in that way, to understand, to analyze, mm. to get out of this cycle of like reacting um, is really, really important. And unfortunately, it's work that's not really valued. Um, yeah, that's that's the problem. People look at it and go, like you said, they're focused upon monetary academic, academic goals within the world, aren't they? Or, or a product. You yeah. need a product, right? So if you ain't got a product, I think... I know that. We're trying to do these books. Unless you've got a product, they're not going to... They don't give a shit. Yeah. And like, so the documentary, I think, um, I think a lot of people that like have been engaging with our work and, you know, with the knowledge on that have been involved in this across borders. Like, I think people have heard, like, you know, us have a different view and a different politics and a different kind of way of looking at things. Um, and I think this documentary really in a product form, yeah. um, especially how we've done the showings here in the UK at like v venues and, you know, we've camps, tried to, camps yeah, as well. Camps yeah, as well. We've tried to cre create a space where this type yeah. of viewing can happen. Um, I think like I think a lot of people kind of understand now like what our perspective is. Yeah. You know, after having watched a two, two and a half hour documentary that for us still only scratches the surface, but yeah. and and I think it's is reminding people a lot of the stuff that they already knew, you know, yeah. is there, but it's been buried by you know this uh, Maya pursuit. No, it's fine. I'm going to we're going to talk about the film in a minute, but you've touched upon this already. Who are your influences in Sikhi? Obviously, your dad's going to be one anyway. The things around Sagarsh, but you've mentioned like Sanjanel Singhji. Obviously, there's going to be people in Tuxal. I want to hear from you because the work you've ended up doing has been based off these individuals that have influenced you. Hundred percent. What is it that's influenced them? Having like Sangat of like Sangarshi Singh Singhniya, that's you know been a massive influence. That's like been an undercurrent, recurring, you know, throughout and like revitalizing me in ways that I'm you know, only beginning to kind of um, understand at this moment. Um, Sakhiya, um, like of our Gurutyas and like, you know, of the um, Shahidi period, um, our Tadivas that celebrate, uh, you know, th those periods, those moments, but also the Tadivas that celebrate the Majuddha Sangarsh. Yeah. Um, 
you know, they've given me a language, a way of thinking, a way of analyzing, um, and a, a kind of a fearless framing that is very kind of difficult to, to find. And of course, something else thing, like, um, you know, just constantly being in awe of mm. who they were, you know, in that moment and how far ahead they are of anybody that's alive right now and how far ahead they were at that time. Yeah. Their sochni, how deep rooted it was, um, their analysis, like, you know, like just everything they did was a very deep theorizing of the condition of the sick as a galam um, within the structure of the state, yeah. which like, you know, the and then not only that theorizing, but the way they organized and like, this is why it's a atheas, you know, that's why, you know, um, you know, like they showed us what it means to be Khalsa in this day and age, right? Yeah. So that, I mean, that's a constantly, constantly grounding um, influence in my life and just wanting to, that spirit, that jazba, and you know, all the stories that I've had. You get that from just seeing them, let alone anything else. Or all the stories of the Shaheeds, like those moments in their jindagi when they were, they were faced, like not only like the, you know, the way they engaged in the Sangarsh, but when they were faced with the, the machinery of the state. Yeah. You know, and then how they responded in those moments. Um, like, yeah, th- those have been the kind of biggest influences, the grounding influences that, you know, there is another way of living. And, yeah. you know, there is a, um, these, aren't, these aren't just stories, you know, the, these aren't just exceptional individuals. You know, we say, you know, like we can lionize them and turn them into these romantic, like larger than life individuals. Yes. Um, but I think that's an act of distancing ourselves and our own kamjoriya from our yeah from the our, idealized state, isn't it? Yeah. you know, yeah. like is this, this is a way we kind of create distance sometimes, and you've probably seen it. Yeah, the I way do it people we do all the time. There's a way people hide behind that gutka sometimes. You know, they hide behind that sikhi, that nimrata, that yeah. you know, the, and it's just a way of shirking off the jummevariya that asi galamya like sangarsh devichya like we have a farj, you know, like omte pari paya sadi jummevariya ke asi kar ni bana. Yeah. Like everything say, yeah, they won't sit at home. They won't look at their own yeah. leisures and pleasures. Yeah, but they'll do whatever they can for the. That's what it says. Sikhis parupakar is for the assistance of others, yeah. for the help of others. Hundred percent. Always has been. Who else? Obviously, you've got Sanjanel Singh. There's got to be others. Why Yenok Singh as well for me is a personal okay. like, yeah. icon and. Like for me, like these individuals like that, yes. like, you know, those individuals that you can point to, like, you know, today people call people gurmuks and stuff, like quite loosely, I think. When you see gurmuks like that, like, that were involved in being Jatheban, that were involved in collecting Maya for the Jathebandi, that were involved in writing for the Jathebandi, then they were also involved in, like, you know, they were a deadly assassin for the Jathebandi. Yeah. Um, you know they operate na apne mata pita nu dinde a ke morcha lag gaya jal jo tanu shahidi da mauka mil juga like that type of sochni you know one of the sakhiyan where they uh, you know they somebody's they kisi parivar de vich apne parivar de vich baithe a and like one of their family members um you know koi bacche da koi sagan sugan dena saga maya moya deni si koi you know janam dehara saga and um, he gives like two uh, five, five rupees ditte ohna ne yeah. 
ਤਾਂ ਲਾਈਕ ਯੂ ਨੋ ਉਹ ਮਾਸੀ ਮੁਸੀ ਸੀਗੀ ਉਹ ਕਹਿੰਦੀ ਕਿ ਯੂ ਨੋ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਐਡੇ ਵੱਡੇ ਸਿੰਘ ਆ 5 ਰੁਪਏ ਐਨੀਜ਼ ਲਾਈਕ ਯੂ ਨੋ ਜੋ ਵੀ ਸਾਡਾ ਹੈਗਾ ਪੰਥ ਦਾ ਆ ਲਾਈਕ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਐਨੇ ਦਿਨ ਤਕਲੀਫ ਲੱਗਦੀ ਆ you know and like so for me those those like sakya another one that another thing told me um ke oh hota ona the you know um, singni they took a jacket a leather jacket from yeah. here um and they took it for payanok singh ona ne ditti ona nu ta next time they went the the singh next to them was wearing it and uh, you know the bbg was like oh paisa you know asi tade le leke aandi sigi and then his response was kata nu ehde vich ta mere vich koi fark lagda exactly Oh, like, no no but I, I it reminds me of the mm-hmm. you know Santhari Singh tells a story that Isha mm-hmm. you know Sanjana Singh's son he gives a story he says he was young he was a kid and Sanjana Singh you at uh, obviously at um, Akalta well the around um, above the um, around the Sarai halls they were above there and uh, he came to see them so they came him and his little brother and Mataji they came along to San Janelle and at the time obviously outside the Rwanda you could buy like your candy floss whatever in it mm-hmm. but the story is basically uh, San Janelle says you go to do and, and um, they go to the loo for a few minutes and they say come back and one of the things there was buying reasoning of a rupee like take one rupee and you can spend it on whatever and then Sanjay Nelson you come back and they see Isha Singh playing with a rupee like where's he got that from look at but at least he can go and get something and Sanjay Nelson said put that money back said it took all the paise hai is apne paise he goes i'll give you what's in my pocket but i haven't got anything but he goes if we start taking pooja dadan if we start taking money that's been given by others fir aap sare ne manne but is that sort of thing they didn't even look at the you know their family sort of life because they were just like singala sagarsha paise it took all the paise for the vidyarthis learning this all that sort of stuff they didn't even look at it. well i'm soft when it comes to my kids and i'm like oh lala you can take anything sort of thing and their their world view was completely different it was focused on the pont all the time all the time all the time yeah and all of those kind of stories have been like hugely influential hugely i even hearing it like from my dad as well when he talk about barkat like kidda meldia like yeah. the same thing right like yeah. pant de paise ya and you you'd say one thing is like you know e raah de utte bahut kuch milna maya bhi milugi sifatan bhi milugi sangat diyan seesan bhi milugi but you got to remember e pant de khate de vich paniya apne khate ch nahi pauniya jo vi hega maya sifat badhai pant di ya Like, Unless it's not for your own fame and fortune, yeah. is it? Yeah, and to to think about those sick teachings, then to think about the environment within which this is going on. Like, yeah. Adda para sangarsh chal reya, bovad diga leya. Like, the sarkar ne takya hoya ke khatami kar dena singanu. Like, it's a deadly environment. And in that environment, must yeah. In yeah. that environment, any shakti ya na kool, in that environment, they have so much clarity. Like, you know... that i mean like those uh, words fail in it like that that is the sikhya for me that is the the inspiration the coordinates the grounding jo vi keh lo jindagi hai ode vich sab kuch hai ode vich outside of that is just varying degrees of compromise and like apne le koi tha ban juga koi sukh sahulat mil jugi like ode vich oh ta maut ya asal de vich pawan jinna marzi paisa ikattha kar lo ya jinne marzi sukh di jindagi jee lo oh maut ya asal jindagi ade vich ya and Uh, you know that that's where you get that chalak from what it means to be alive and be a sick so for me those have been the 
the um the things that have been pulled to the most i guess and like yeah. you know trying to nurture those feelings uh, ha- is a, a constant struggle you know yeah. and like and being grateful and being you know like blessed ke guru sahib ne you know ni mari mutti seva len jo ge samjhe aaya te apne panth de lar jori rakhya to keep you attached to the panth always yeah. forever grateful honestly yeah.